Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the new face of video games, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. What's up, Tim? What's up, Bless? Joining us as well, the big daddy himself, Greg Miller. Hi, Tim. Hi, Greg. And rounding out the group today, the master of hype, Snow Bike Mike. Always a pleasure, Tim. Thanks for having me on. I love the glasses. I love the haircut. I love everything going on right now. Would you love the glasses more if they were prescription and helped his poor eyesight? Yes. Uh Yes. But they're not. (laughs) Me and you haven't talked a lot about this. You and I. I know you're getting bullied every every which way about this whole situation. As somebody that you his friends who Uh see him struggle to see, and we say you should wear the glasses. You 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 are Tim. I'm bullied. Bullied. I'm gonna admit I've been bullying him lately, and I feel like that's it's my last resort. It's my Tim, but you get me, Tim. I I I know you. I used to be you. Uh, I used to be you, and I want it clear. Not everyone's bullying, but there is some bullying. There is Mm -hmm. some, and there are people out there that take things too far. And I've seen it happen. You haven't. You know what I mean? But I have. You can't because you can't. You should just just give up the goose at some point because it's not worth it. Uh-huh. What well, the moment that you put on glasses, you can actually see uh-huh. you're like, I, I've been a fucking idiot this entire time. I'll tell you what, a lot of people, you know, they're saying things about this. They're saying, Mike, you got to take the leap. What are you doing, right? And it's really just getting in the flow, the comfort factor of wearing glasses every day, doing my best to try to find some stability in the idea of this because, man, oh man, do I want to rip these things off, throw them against the wall? Would you do LASIK and just keep going? Uh, do it, bro. I mean, his eyes do look Best pretty. decision I ever made. You, know you got to do it. You like got to do it. We'll talk we're... about this later, <laughs> everybody. We have things to talk about. We're going to get right into it. We are doing our review of the Callisto Protocol coming out. Uh, I guess it's out now, right? Yeah, As a, yeah. the time of this posting, which is really exciting for everybody involved. I'm excited to hear what you guys had to say about it. So without getting into the rigmarole, I want to get into it right now. Greg Miller, you are the lead reviewer of Callisto Protocol 4. Kind of funny. What score do you give it on the kind of funny scale? Well, if you've never been here before, there's a few different things to talk about. Number one, of course, top of the order, uh, it needs to be pointed out, we are doing a sponsored Let's Play on Friday uh, with Glenn uh, from Striking Distance Studios, uh, you know, creator of Dead Space, uh, game director on this, CEO of Striking Distance. Uh, they came in and we already recorded it, are doing a Let's Play with them, and then a spoiler cast with uh, Glenn on Friday. So if you feel like you can't trust our review because we're sponsored, we totally understand and we wanted to put that out there for you. Um, and if also, if this is your first time maybe coming into a kind of funny review, we added the scale this year, right? And we put the scale in there just for a little window dressing for billboards for what we thought. But the main point we've always said is that the scores don't matter. It is what our words are, right? And so I want you to know that I hemmed and hawed a bit on this one of what my final score would be. And what I kept saying is like, man, it's either a really high three out of five or a low four out of five, right? In terms of where I am. And what I've settled on going around is the more I talk about it, the more I engage, me and Mike, me and Blessing, actually having conversations with Jen about it, right? Like, I say stuff like, man, I love this game. And despite its flaws, it's not a 10 out of 10. It's not a 5 out of 5. It's all these things. I enjoyed this so much. I did this. It's great. It's blah, blah, blah. 
after I stop and really thought about how I talk about this game and the way I do, I think it's a four out of five. I think it's I think it's a great game. Uh, I had a blast with it. I'm a huge Dead Space fan, and I think this is a great spiritual successor to it. I think it's an impressive first game for Striking Distance, and I'm excited to talk about it today. Both what I loved about it and what I thought might have held the back of it. Very very cool. Bless. What about you? Funny enough, I think I went through the same thing of trying to figure out, all right, what am I going to give this game? It's a weird one where I think the game is very polished. I think the game presents very well. I think graphically, in some places, it's very incredible, especially when you look at uh, character animations sure. and environments and lighting and like oh, some, some of what's happening with audio in this game is really impressive. Uh, but then you get into gameplay and there are so many things that I really like in terms of the approach with action. This is a survival horror game that really wants to be action-y and on one hand, Early on in the game, I was like, ooh, I don't know how I'm feeling about this. But yeah. after I got used to it, I was like, oh, actually, no, I understand what they're doing here with the combat system, which we'll talk about later. But, like, it grew on me, the uh, ways in which it approaches survival horror in terms of, you know, setting you in this environment, making resources scarce, but not as scarce as Resident Evil, but still somewhat scarce. Um, you know, taking it room by room, planning these the, these encounters. A lot of stuff, I think, in there is impressive, and a lot of stuff I like where they're taking it in direction. But... There are other things in things like combat, in things like sure. um, where the a lot of the final product lands that I think could have used more uh, polish and a little bit more consideration in the design. Um, but overall, I think I'm similar to Greg where I give it a four out of five. You know, I think the game is great. I think there are going to be so many people that enjoy their time with this game. Uh, but I think there are a few places where I can see them improve easily for a next next game. Mike. Yeah, these guys crushed it. That's exactly how I feel, guys. And it's so much fun doing these reviews, right? Because we're kind of isolated. We don't talk much about them while it's all happening. And so I'm always eager and excited to kind of hear where you guys fall, what your thoughts are, are. And I am just like Greg, where I this is a four out of five when I look at the kind of funny review scale. This is a great game. And there's some instances, a lot of frustrations that come from gameplay and a couple of choices that the team made that I could see some people giving this a three out of five, right? But sure. the more we learn about it, especially sitting down with Glenn, right? And like hearing what striking distance mindset was, the thought process behind some of these decisions, I was like, oh, okay, like I understand now, right? From just a basic outside looking in, you'd be mad, you'd be frustrated. But when you hear him actually spell out, oh, this is why we did this, you're like, oh, okay, like that makes sense. And that kind of pulls me back into that four out of five. And I think that's one of the important things to piggyback off of, right? Is that when I'm, and we'll talk about this in a second, I know, but like, when I was playing it early on, I'm with Bless, right? Where everything grew on me. The more I played Callisto, the more I liked it. To the point that now that I've rolled credits, and I do still want to start the hardest difficulty playthrough to go through for the Platinum. I do want to play it again. I was asking him on the spoiler cast, which goes up on Monday. This is not the spoiler. If, you know, what, why no New Game Plus? And he's like, we're working on it. It's like, oh, I'll hold off for that, right? Like, the game grows on you into what Mike just said, I think is the key part. The things that might irk you early on are decisions, for better or worse. You don't have to agree with the decision for why they did or didn't do something, but they did that on purpose for you to feel a certain way when you play the game. And I yeah. think that that's the thing. This game through and through has a vision. I mean, to, to bring that even further, right? Like, I think one of those decisions was checkpointing, where mm -hmm. it was probably uh, in a uh, future show that you're going to hear, right? Of like the idea of like, yo, know, why is the checkpointing like this? And they have a reason for it. It's on whether it's on you whether or not you agree with it. I, yeah. for, I for one, did not like the check winning. Yeah. Uh, there are quite a few places where I'm like, oh, why am I all the way back here? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I went through this hallway. I did this combat sequence. I got this important item. I came back, and now, like, I have this enemy hallway. Died, and now I have to do all this over again? Like, I don't understand um, uh, exactly, like, you know, 
what this adds comparative to you know what you're trying to bring to uh, to the scenario, right? There are moments like that. There are moments like checkpoint here on the conversation. Yeah. I got some rigmarole to do because of course this is the kind of funny games cast each and every week we get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. You could watch it on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com. You could also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games cast and we will be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show live as we record it and if you want to get it ad free, you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our Patreon producers Delaney Twining, One Up Pest Control, Gwinnett, we got some added stuff there. Gwinnett. Ooh, uh, Gwinnett. Brian Cheney, Alex Gradle, Jason L., the nanobiologist, Derek Gehrig, Donald Eccles, and Jason L. Thank all of you so very much. If you don't have a buck to toss our way, that's cool. If you're using the Epic Games Store to buy any games or to buy anything in Fortnite or Rocket League, et cetera, et cetera, use our code kind of funny, and at no extra cost to you, we get money. It's a pretty dope deal. I don't really understand how it all works, but thank you for helping us. Um, so today we're brought to you by... Shady Rays, Mint Mobile, and Chime. I'll tell you about that later. We keep talking about some of this housekeeping. We've got a whole bunch of fun Callisto Protocol content coming up. Uh, we have a Let's Play live stream going up that's like a developer commentary, director commentary yep. of the mm -hmm. opening hour of the game. Um, you can check that out on Friday. And then on Monday, we will be dropping our spoiler cast that is this crew with Glenn Schofield himself, uh, the director of the game, going through all of the 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 bits. And no, stuff. don't rush yourself if you don't beat it by then. It's not milk; it won't go bad. That that podcast will be there when you're ready for it. Exactly, exactly. ready for so it. So that's going up Monday. So that's cool. But back to the review, Greg. Continue. I think it's important to start at the top, right? Mm -hmm. We've all gone through and done the blurbs of it, but of course, this is uh, the Callisto Protocol. This is a spiritual successor, you would say, to Dead Space. Of course, not only did Glenn make Dead Space 1, one of, one of the many people who made Dead Space 1, but one, the visionary behind it, right? Uh, he has Steve now on the team who was the guy who took over and did Dead Space 2. They have a whole bunch of Dead Space vets over there. And of course, uh, Glenn had gone off and done Sledgehammer games after working on Dead Space, did a whole bunch of Call of Duty, now back to horror roots over here. And that's what they wanted to make here. And... One of the things I keep talking about when I talk about this is how impressive I think it is for their first game. And I know that, of course, we're talking about industry vets, we're talking about talented people, but you can never take for granted how hard it is to leave the comforts of EA, to leave the comforts of Activision Blizzard, start your own studio, again, you know, get backed by Crafton and have all this different stuff, but start from scratch. You're hiring everybody, you're doing all this stuff, you're doing this. And this is in 2019 they start off on this game, right? And here we are in 2022 playing it. And for all the... Little nitpicky things I'm going to have on it that I think take away from the experience. It doesn't take away from the overall package of what this is. And it's a great survival horror game that I think really does walk the line between being survival horror and being action. Uh, I am, you know, the same as Blessing, you know, we're talking about growing on you and doing it. Uh, what's really fascinating about this is that the combat is based in melee which is not something we saw in Dead Space and really don't see that much in general. And I know uh, in the content we filmed today, Bless, right, you talked about it kind of feeling like a fighting game, right? Because you will, enemies come at you and you hold the stick right or left to dodge their attacks. It's not timing-based. You, you just have to be holding and then you'll do it. And if there's a combo attack, you have to switch sides or whatever. But you can go left or right to dodge, down to block. And then you can come back then and hit them with your melee attack. Um, that is a really jarring, weird thing to start with. And I found myself going through it and loving it. But what's awesome about it is I, it grew on me and I got into it and I upgraded my uh, stun rod, right? Was then, okay, now you unlock the sidearm and you have that. Okay, you start doing that. And every time in this game, 
I started to feel like a badass, the game changed. Something mm. happened. The game evolved, right? Where the enemies I was facing, all right, cool, you know how to deal with these grunts, but guess what? Now there's multiple types in a room. How are you going to manage that? Okay, you figured that out. Now they're going to change somehow. Okay, you've seen these big monsters you're seeing right now as you go. You have bosses, mini bosses, stuff like that. It kept me on my toes, and I think stayed away from the problem Dead Space 2 had. As a Dead Space fan, right, I love Dead Space 1, but then and I then I adored Dead Space 2, and so many people were like, oh, I didn't like Dead Space 2 because it was no longer survival horror. It was an action game. This game does a great job, in my opinion, of building the tension, right? And it's it, we talked about this earlier. It's not a scary game, like you're freaked out. Like There's jump scares, but it's more the tension of it. It's the audio design, which is incredible, I think, of what's coming, where you're going to go. I felt like I was good on ammo most of the way through. I felt like I was good on health most of the way through. But there would be those moments where I was like, you know what? I'm the apex predator here. And the game would change around that time to where, oh, I, there's a new mechanic. There's a new thing. There's a new challenge for me to overcome. I loved that. I, similar to what Blessing was talking about. Like, there's something about Dead Space, uh, this game, Callisto Protocol, this version of survival horror that really clicks with me where it's like, cool. There's a room I have died in three times now. But I'm not frustrated like I want to walk away. I'm frustrated like I know I almost got it. I know that this is a puzzle to an extent, right? Of like, all right, I'm going to come in and the big guy's there, but I have to worry about the ads, but this one explodes, but this does that. And when I move, it's almost like a haunted house in a lot of ways of like, you know, you move into a, if you run through a level, you're going to spawn everything. But if you inch your way through very carefully, you spawn one by one and can kind of mess with it. I love that shit, and I, that's why I loved this game. And I, I think with that, uh, that I want to commend the combat system. I think that's one of the things when in, in review, review embargo goes up, I think a lot of people are going to have a lot to say about the combat system, both yeah. good and bad, because yeah. I think there's a lot of places where it can get clunky, especially when you're overwhelmed by a lot of enemies. That's where the combat system doesn't shine, is if you are surrounded by four enemies, especially when they're doing the, the thing where they evolve, because, of course, as you've seen in the trailers or if you've been following marketing, the enemies will grow tentacles sometimes, and then you have to shoot the tentacles or else they turn into a stronger enemy. And once you have, like, three of those happen at the same time, it's like, well... I might as well Game put down over. the controller. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. point of this anymore. And so, like, there are moments like that where I think the combat system could um, maybe adjust to, to uh, try and account for that. But I do think that the way they approach it, again, it was that thing where when they, when they first introduce it, they first teach you, like, yeah, hold left, hold right to dodge, hold back to, to block, fight back. So is it like punch out? It, it is like punch out, yes. Oh, that's cool. That's the thing I kept thinking about when I was playing through the game. I was like, oh, this is punch out. Oh, I get it. All right, now let's go. Um, I think over time, it works and it's actually fun and you know i compare it to a fighting game i'll just compare it to like any action game right of like all right you gotta fight back okay cool like you know you start to kind of learn the flow and it is you know greg mentioned feeling over uh, uh feeling overpowered right like at a certain point but then the game adjusts it is that thing of once you understand the combat system it's like oh okay i'm never gonna get hit again because it is <laughs> left right left all right fight back all right left right all right cool cool i got this and then they start introducing these different scenarios where i'll um uh compare it to uh, when Doom Eternal came out, the the director of that game was talking about the combat chess of Doom Eternal, yeah. and that's the thing that I've kept in my mind since playing that game because it's the thing that, it's a thing that a lot of games do, right? And I think this game is included in terms of, hey, we've taught you this combat system that's relatively simple, right? That it, that grows as you uh, unlock more weapons and, and do more stuff, right? But then also we've uh, we're trying to figure out these scenarios from combat encounter to combat encounter where it is, all right, you got this down. Now let's introduce. This enemy here that is this kind of enemy. This enemy here that's a crawler, and this enemy here that uh, is stronger than the other two, right? And you have to figure out what that is. All right, cool. You got that down. Now, in this new area, here's four different enemies all stacked in a line. See how you're going to figure that out, right? And every single encounter, I think, has some thought put into it in terms of, all right, how am I going to take this out? The thing is, I don't think every encounter is perfect. Like, there are some For encounters sure. where I'm just like, 
oh man, really? Like I'm fighting against these, like this many of these guys and I don't have that, that many bullets. All right, I guess I'm going to die five times trying to figure it out. Sometimes that would be a fun thing though. Sometimes it is, right, fifth time, I got this. I know exactly how I need to do it. Other times I'm like, oh, really? Like this guy? Um, uh, I guess I'll fight this guy now. Um, it's imperfect, but I think a lot of the time they get it right. And I think overall for me, the combat system is a net positive. It's a fun one. Yeah, like, I think sticking with the the combat. What, yeah, what are your I want thoughts? to talk about the combat because it's interesting. When we had Glenn on, he talked about fifty fifty, and the combat system of being fifty percent melee, but also fifty percent of the different layers of the ranged and also your glove that you get throughout the game. Right? Sure. That's going to be a big factor in the combat and how you play. You have a thing, uh, telekinesis glove like that space called grip this time around, so you can cool. grab both objects and shoot them back at people, and you can grab enemies and shoot them around. And so, yeah, just to piggyback off of them on the melee combat side. I think they chose a big risk here. They really chose to say, hey, we want to double down on this kind of in-your-face melee combat, which I think works in some occasions. In other occasions, it doesn't, right? Because it feels very one-on-one. -on -one. I don't know if you guys oh, noticed, but oh, yeah. early on in the game, before you start to see the ranged enemies or the crawling-type enemies, it is just stand-up grunts, and they will fight you one-on-one. -on -one. And so instead of a Uncharted or any other action game where you're just swinging wildly into the void to hit multiple enemies at once... You're really just focusing on a one-on-one -on -one fight while the other grunts all just kind of stand in a circle around you and stare at you, right? And so I had multiple encounters where I'm like, what are you three going to do here? You're just going to wait for me to finish this guy, and then one of you is going to punch me in the back. See, it never felt like yeah. three were attacking at once, which was my worry, right? Or my thought of, what are we going to do to evolve this, right? And that was my thing. And uh, to your point, mm -hmm. and just to make sure we're being clear, is that, yeah, they might stand around, but it's like they're waiting for the animation of the enemy to fight you or your animation to stop. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, they cheap shot you, which I fucking hate. Correct. And that exactly. would be something for a sequel, right? That would be great of same thing happens, but now I can pick, choose. I have a more area, area exactly. of effect, you know exactly. what I mean? Some way to get some distance between. Them. And so it felt very one-on-one. -on -one. And then talking about checkpoints and frustrations, right? Early on, I hit some checkpoints where I had low health before I stepped into that checkpoint. Now I'm fighting four guys. I die, I respawn at this checkpoint. Guess what? I'm on low health again, yep. right? And that did suck. And those were some of those pinch point frustrations. I want to talk about the other pieces of the combat. These guys kind of focused on melee. I was impressed with the range and the glove, right? The layers that you add onto this, where by the second half of the game, I wasn't as melee focused as I was at the beginning, where they really kind of put the melee in the forefront. It was okay, here's my arsenal of weapons that I have, a shotgun, a pistol, a larger shotgun, a machine gun. How can I play those to stay away from these enemies, maybe use the environment to my you know, benefit, and then also use this gravity glove right there that I can use to use the environment. I found myself way more lining up enemies and looking around the room and going, okay, here's an explodable canister that I can shoot at right here. Here's a stealth kill that I can grab okay, here's a giant fence with a bunch of barbed wire on it that I'm going to pick somebody up and throw them into, grab his next homie and throw them into. And so it started to be like chess, like uh, Blessing said, where I would start to put myself in a position to win and really enjoy the combat more and more. And that 50-50 blend, I think when he said that during our developer interview, really stuck with me because by the second half, I was more 50-50 than just melee Like I, when I started. That was the fun thing of talking to you guys about it is the fact that we each chose different ways to tackle this problem yeah. where I, I would say 50 50 i'd be like no way i was definitely 75 25 of melee like mm. i stuck with that i immediately upgraded or i shouldn't say immediately i throughout the hours of the game up made sure i was upgrading my baton first so that i was doing hella damage like when Mon i got it there's this 
awesome perk eventually you unlock in the skill tree right of like when the monsters block you just break their arm like just smash their arm straight off and it was like oh my god like this is what it was all about it guns come into play for stopping the tentacles and then for some of the bigger boss monsters where it's like i mm. do know it's I, it's one hit kill from them so i gotta stay back i gotta use shotgun i gotta use my pistol yeah, yeah and the you skill shot as well we we haven't said the skill shot yet but as you are fighting on the one-on-one -on -one combat and you break their guard and kind of push them back and you both look at each other kind of stunned you have a moment where if you know, I'll tell everybody right now, reload your guns as often as reload, possible. Reload. You have a moment where you can take that active reload from Gears of War, where now you have the active moment to shoot them and get a little bit more pressure on them. It's really, really cool, and I like that uh, kind of elevation of the combat that they added. I, I was very impressed uh, when we were talking about our different kind of builds that we had for the way we played, right? Because there is an upgrade system. You can't upgrade certain weapons over over other weapons. I assume that the way I played would be the way that every single person played. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, hearing Greg be like, no, actually I use my baton most of the time. And like, I focused in on that baton and like a, a, a small handful of weapons. Whereas like Mike uh, looked for more variety in his weapons, right? I'd say I was probably somewhere in between, right? Of like having a shotgun that I really liked, but also trying to make sure that I was good with the grip glove and good with the baton and, and other things. Um, but with that, right? Like I, I had fun like kind of understanding that the game was accounting for the way i was playing in terms of okay there's always ammo for something that i can use here right like i was always kind of flipping back and forth between using the grip in certain scenarios of course the grip being the telekinesis darth vader force like i'm gonna grab this zombie and i'm gonna throw him into some uh, spikes or whatever uh you know i was using that as much as i was using the baton as much as i was using the um uh like the guns Right. And baton being the thing that I probably used a little bit more than everything else. But I think there's a, a fairly good balance there. And also to go back to the checkpoint thing. Right. I think, you know, Mike was talking about how you go back. He went back to a checkpoint and he has low health. I think for me, my big gripe with that uh, was there was one checkpoint I, I had that was before a very difficult combat encounter, probably the most difficult combat encounter in the game. And, you know, I'm dying. Right. I probably died six, seven times during that combat encounter. And it was a thing of I had low health and I was right before an upgrade um yep. uh thing right an upgrade kiosk and what that meant is that every single time i respawn i then have to do the yep. healing which is my character kneels down shoots himself with the syringe like shoots all of it right mm. it takes like 10 seconds all right cool let's do that now i have to go back to the upgrade thing yep. to then do the upgrades yes. that i did just for this fight and i do that every single time and that's an extra like minute and a half of it saps the fun yeah. of it. Right? Yeah. That was the thing of like, yeah. there'd be, I don't know. You, you, oh, yeah, go for it. But of like walking through and I like, I stealthily kill everybody. And then at the very end, something went haywire or it's just a canned event. I die there and I have to go back and then stealthily kill everybody. Or like, the, you know, the train we talk about in uh, the spoiler cast, but not that spoilery. There's like all these things. I'm like, great. And I get there and I'm like, oh, this is all ammo. I'm about to get into a big mm -hmm. fight. I very particularly choose what I want, drop what I don't need, get killed. And yep, yep. I started doing all, I did that all of that. Again. And it's like, in that scenario, the game was trying to tell me, again, this is what I'm talking about. These are decisions. In that scenario, the game was trying to tell me, like, how about you don't do it this way and do it this way? We're, we're giving you things for a certain way to do this, but it still was frustrating while I tried to figure that out and get out of it. Yeah, that's one of my main big three frustrations, right, that I've written down is time to execute certain actions, right? Mm. Putting on the health thing takes a certain amount of time. Going to the crafting station and buying ammo, upgrading your look is all a number of different seconds added to the game right and that pits those frustration points but of course talking with glenn that's a decision that the team made right they're sitting there going hey it needs to take three to five seconds to let them heal to put more tension on them of 
You need to get away to have a clear space to heal, right? Yeah. But in the moment, of course, it sucks, right? I'm getting chased down by a bunch of baddies, and I need to heal interesting, ASAP. Interesting right? there was, you you can make health injectors mm -hmm. in the 3D printing kiosk we keep talking about, where you can also make your upgrades. It's interesting that there wasn't a skill tree for it of like, yeah. cool, spend this much, mm -hmm. and you can yeah. get fast upgrade, oh, you know, yeah. but, and you're done, you know? Yeah, it's one of those, I, I, the time to execute on certain actions, and I think it's really interesting hearing him take some of the feedback from the Dead Space series that he did, right, sure. of like, hey, we listened to this, and that's why we added it to this. I think there will be some feedback on that time to execute of positive and negative. Some people might really like it, and it ratchets it up the tension. Some people might be like myself, where it's like, that's too long, right? I cannot spend two minutes, two and a half minutes, pressing the same button over and over, watching the same screen build ammo, right? That's just too long to do that. I need health to go a little bit faster. And so it's really interesting to see where they'll come out later on with this time to execute. It's a big problem for me. Some things I want to uh, shout out, right? Things that I liked. Uh, of course, really liked how the game looked. I shout out, shout out the mm -hmm. lighting before. I think the game Can I ask you a quick question? Because I had an interesting one. I came back from Thanksgiving exhausted. It's hard, you know, going to Chicago with a 13-month-old. And it popped <laughs> in on Friday night, and I started to play it. And I'm like, oh, this isn't running at 60. Like, and I jump into the graphics menu and I was like, okay, it's all set. And I turned off film grain. I turned on this and I'm like, I'm not that guy. So maybe I don't, but this doesn't look like, and I Googled and I'm like, I remember something about 60 and it was like, oh, they have them dunking on uh, Gotham Knights when the Gotham's oh, like yeah, 30. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, shit, what the fuck? And so I played that whole night that way because it didn't like garbage, but it, I was like, this doesn't look like great. And the next morning I woke up after a night's sleep and I went to play and I'm like, is this something I can only change from the main menu? And in the main menu from the front screen is where I could put on performance mode and have it look, it run yes. at 60. And the game from there on out, gorgeous, just beautiful, I thought personally. Mm -hmm. uh, on my giant TV, it's great. But did you have to do that? Did you have to uh, set it in the menu? Is this a note we need to give out? <laughs> I, I I think I on my overall PlayStation settings, I have it so that any game I boot up automatically okay, I must does performance. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so I don't usually don't have to switch it switch yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah. I, that's my thing is I I I'm not used to. I I can't think of the last game that I did that. I, I was like, wait, a second. yeah, All right. So. Yeah, I mean, I want you to get to your giving out flowers because yeah, oh, yeah, one of my flowers is the UI and accessibility yeah, customization. The, the UI, I so am, like. The yeah, UI, yeah. right, is like yeah. uh, there's not really UI. I don't think there's a, there, there's a HUD. Yeah, no, no more, HUD, no HUD. Yeah, yeah no HUD. I would if, more if you're uh, subtitles, if you're an audio listener oh, and, and yeah. can't see it, remember, of course, it's a third person game. Mm -hmm. uh, you're stomping around like Dead Space. If you remember the spine on Isaac and Dead Space was your health, and you had a little thing on your shoulder that showed your TK glove. This one is all on your neck band. You're in a prison. You're a prisoner. They is, inject this thing. You can see your health on the back, and then also, yeah, when you pull it up, how much uh, TK you have for your glove. Yeah, that's the HUD in quotes. And I love and I love the direction for the visual style. Because because, yeah, it is like the, the thing that's on the back of your neck. You are, you know, the tracking the amount of bullets you have in your gun through, like, a UI thing that's on, on the gun itself, right? All that stuff is happening happening diegetically. Is that the right word? Yep. It's all diegetic, right? It's happening in-world. Uh, the key, upgrade kiosks, right, have a specific look. Like, I, lo I love video game worlds that go hard in terms of finding ways to very much like identify hey this is the kiosk right it isn't like a um like a pop-up telling you this is a kiosk we just designed it in a way where automatically boom you know what this is right or automatically you know how much bullet how many bullets you have because we've built it into what how the, the the game looks right i like that i like um how the prison looks i like the environments i like the just the callisto as a world right i really do think that this world is, uh, is a memorable world right like i look forward to i'm like hoping they make more of these because i want to play more games uh in this universe um yeah like i have a lot more but i don't want to keep rambling yeah, yeah so. but before yep. we get yep. to to what you liked mike uh -huh. real quick let me tell you about our sponsors 
Crush. Shout out to Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode. This holiday season, the best deal in wireless can only be found at Mint Mobile. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months for free. Mint Mobile lets you order and activate from home with eSIM while saving tons on phone plans starting at just $15 a month. I've had my mom using Mint Mobile long before this holiday deal, and I have to say, now is the perfect time to switch. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily and effortlessly with eSIM. Or if you need a new device for a limited time, get six months of free service when you buy a select device and plan. For a limited time, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com slash kinda funny. That's mintmobile.com slash kinda funny. Cut your wireless bill to $15 a month at mintmobile.com slash kind of funny what's the first thing you do when you wake up is it checking up on your credit score i don't think so at chime that's exactly what they do with their secure chime credit builder visa credit card you can start to build credit with your own money their members see an increase of 30 points on average so start your credit journey with chime sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score get started at chime.com slash kf games that's chime.com slash kf games the chime credit builder visa credit card is issued by stride bank na pursuant to a license from visa usa chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured chime credit builder visa credit card regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score impact to score may vary and some user scores may not improve out of network atm withdrawal fees may apply except at money pass atms at 7-eleven or any all point or visa plus alliance atm so again start your credit journey with chime sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score get started at chime.com slash kf games that's chime.com slash kf games shout out to shady rays for sponsoring this episode look how cool i look you too can look this cool without breaking the bank this holiday season shady rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of 200 shades for a fraction of the price and a fraction of that price during their biggest black friday sale ever the best part about shady rays is their insane protection program featuring lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your shades on day one they told us that they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked dropped in the lake off a cliff anything if you get the wrong style for yourself or someone else no need to worry avoid the hassle and the forced thank yous with free 30-day exchanges and returns you will either love the shades or shady rays will pay to ship them back act now for the best black friday selection redeem only at shadyrays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades redeem only at shadyrays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades Go for it, Mike. Yeah, coming back. Man, I have a lot that I like, and I can't wait to talk more. But I do want to jump into, we talked about the subtitles. I was really impressed. You can crank those things up really big, right? For my eyesight, I like them big. I was impressed with the options of changing the color of the speaker to any colors that you want to mm-hmm. really add that extra layer. They have the and high then, contrast for yeah, collectibles. Uh-huh. And, and then in the background, I like it was, 
I, I love the trend now of like games allowing you to customize subtitles yeah. all the way you want because it was the thing of all right, I, I do want the background, but I don't want it to be all the way black. I want the seventy percent opacity and like yeah, I, I, I was able to do that and it was great. Same uh, thing while you're in accessibility, right? Yeah, like we're talk talking about, about like the gameplay accessibility, right? Oh, of like you know if you want away. you don't want to tap the button, you can tap it once and be done with it. You can turn on all these different assists if you want to play it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had uh, one tap for quick time events, auto complete for quick time events. They had one tap. Uh, for holds, if you would prefer, they had auto-dodge, they had auto-aim. I was really impressed mm -hmm. with that, especially when you hit these moments of frustration, right? Like, you can kick down the difficulty, but that might not help you with your dodging. Maybe you just don't have it. And so, for me, I went directly into that. I was like, how can this help me? Because I do need help. I'm having some tough times here. And I really leaned into that accessibility for the gameplay side. Sure. So, I encourage people to check that out. Another one for me, photo mode, right? I know a lot of games have been adding photo mode. Uh, I'm not going to say it's great. I'm going to say it's good, and I'm pleased with that. Good is good enough where it has the basic photo mode that you'd want because this is a stunning, beautiful world that I wanted to get lost in and take some cool photos. Also, shout out photo mode during cutscenes, which I always am impressed oh, with. Never with that. Not many games let you do that while you can just pause Can you actually the move scene. the camera in the cutscene? No, it, okay. it's just the cutscene stuff, which I like. I, I, I prefer that. I just want to be able to take a photo of the cutscene because there's sure. some cool moments for sure. For so, sure. A little mm -hmm. nod to the photo mode. Yeah, for, I mean, flowers and stuff, uh, to stick with it. Uh, again, I'm talking about, you know, we're talking a lot about combat and getting more and more involved as you go. Uh, for me, the game growing on you is also the narrative and how they deliver yes. the narrative. Yeah. I, you know, the next, you know, I started on Friday, Saturday morning, I was catching up with Jen about it and I'm like, yeah, like, I, I'm starting, I think, to get it, the game plan, I liked it a lot. The intro I thought was weird and she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, it is a lot just goo, 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 and then you're off like it and i'm like it's not bad it's just like you know you're a prisoner right and how did you get there and what happens in the thing and how does the but it's like there are like four different like things that happen that are all shoved together and all happen really quick and then you're off playing the game and i think for night one morning after i was like it was kind of jarring because i don't know who everybody is yet and this is happening and it would I, I why wouldn't you let this moment breathe why wouldn't you do this kind of thing but the more you play it the more I think it works because again, you're getting to know the characters as you play. Obviously there, one of the things where I'm like, this all happened really quickly. One of the enemies in the game makes reference to that. So like there it, it's a, again, it's a decision for why it happened that way. And then again, you know, last night rolling credits and then today starting a brand new game to see it all dovetail and see where the characters go and where it is like, I feel like it pays off as you play and go through it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's my thing is that I, w I was pleasantly surprised by the story. I actually really yes. enjoyed the the story and the world building that goes on. And it's funny because usually in survival horror games, it is few and far between where I'm like, oh, this story is incredible. Like, I think one of the few <laughs> ones is probably like something like The Last of Us, right? Which yeah. has a story that I absolutely love. But when I'm playing through like something like Resident Evil, right? When I play through any of the Resident Evil games, I think the stories are entertaining. I don't know if the stories are always great, right? It's always the thing of like, oh, you get to the end and a fucking big human monster thing that was you know created by a virus or whatever the fuck like comes out and now you're fighting it it's like how did i get here i don't know i was but fighting it's zombies 10 hours ago why am <laughs> yeah. i suddenly fighting this thing exactly yeah. and callista protocol i think like it sometimes goes places where it's like oh man is this gonna fall into like the resident evil th thing but i think all of the like all of the lore and like world building and stuff they do to back up what's happening actually had me like, you know what, man? They did it. Like, I yeah. really enjoy the, the places they right. went with it. I, I got a big question here that, that takes a whole bunch of different big elements, question. throws it into one thing, that, uh, jumping off of this, right? I feel like going into Callista Protocol, there's a, a lot of questions people want answers to. How does it stand up to, to Dead Space? Does it feel like a modern game, or does it just feel like a spiritual successor to an older type of game? And I think the other thing that we talk about a lot is this is the first of the, hey, highest tier AAA devs 
leave their company to do their own thing now that own thing is actually coming out is this a new AAA team now? Like, are we looking at this as kind of like, oh, wow, there is a new pillar, another team's out there that we can talk about in the same way we do some of these bigger AAA things. And I feel like all of that goes into looking at what they're known for, the pedigree of the people on this team going from Dead Space, which really was kind of that cinematic next-gen at the time version sure. of what survival horror could be. You went from the Resident Evils to Dead Space being the thing, right? Then for them to go to Call of Duty, and it is very much, yes, the multiplayer and all that, but Call of Duty, especially at that time period, also known for single-player campaigns, super, super high production value, actors, Hollywood actors playing yeah. these characters. This game's interesting to me because it kind of seems like the culmination of a lot of those ideas getting an all-star cast right that we, do, we don't normally see for this type of uh video game like compared to a resident evil we're not getting um this like th there are multiple actors in this game that yeah. are like josh Dumeau, super high profile Fuguhara. gwendolyn uh christy well she's in the podcast oh she's not actually in it no no oh. she's not in the game there's a gotcha. podcast okay, that's cool, happening cool, cool. as well and then cool. uh sam whitworth our friend and sam whitworth i mean these are some like gr big great names so with all of that does this live up to the hype in terms of like doing more than dead space being a modern game itself being triple a and using the the actors and all that stuff i know it's a lot but what it's a, like what a huge ass question yeah, it yeah, is yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, i feel yeah, like yeah. it all comes together and in, in one way of just like did it pull it off i think i mean we're giving it four out of five so i think it pulled it off yeah. i think there's room for improvement and i think that's where it's like we already you know we where do you want a nickel and dime and what do you want to do right for the actors right I think the performances are great. Like, I really do. Like, I think they are. Josh Dumel does a great job, I think, of, you know, what, do you not agree? I'm going to give him a good. Okay. I think some line deliveries really miss. Yeah, yeah. I think there's moments where you're like, hmm, I think that could have been better from a star-studded cast. So I'm going to give it a good. I'm more in the middle of, like, it was fine. I like Josh as the protagonist, right? I think he does a really good job being Jacob, personally. Uh, I wasn't taken out by any of his things, mm -hmm. especially when we, again, get to the end and we see this character arc he went on and they do, like, oh, I was like, oh, that's interesting, right? It's honestly, I would go the opposite, not the opposite, for Karen, right? Uh, Danny in the game, Karen uh, Fukuhara, again, this interview ran last week on the games cast. Yep, right? last okay. week. Cool, cool, cool. With me talking to her, uh, but from the boys, right? She obviously doesn't talk. In, well, not obviously. If you haven't watched the boys, she doesn't talk in the voice. So her talking here, I think in the beginning, she's doing this very like gruff yada yada, and I was like, I'm not feeling this yada. By the end of the game and where she is, I was like, I kind of again get where you were and where you went with it, and I liked that journey of it. So I think the actors pay off. I think I think there's I think I think there's misses. I and I like some of the side oh. people you deal with. I'm just like mm, I don't Can know. Can I bring them. up a really quick yeah, miss? Sure. There's one uh, fight encounter where they just replay the same lines from their previous fight encounter. And you're like, ooh, we didn't think that one. Oh, we didn't I think didn't, that I one. Didn't, didn't, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was one I was like, that's a big red flag to me. Of like, why are we saying the exact same lines? They, word for word, same lines. I didn't like that. My thing is, I, I like the performances. Uh, I think Josh Dumel and Karen Fukara did a, a great job. Uh, and, like, all the performances in the game, I think, are great. The I didn't like the protagonist. Like, I I, I think, not even that I didn't like him. He was just boring. Wait, Josh Dumel? Josh Dumel's character. Mm. Okay. Yeah, Brandon Lee. I have, there, there are multiple times where I was just like, man, I wish this guy had more personality. Like, I wish he, the, the character, in terms of the writing and the stuff they were giving him to, to work with, had more to it um but aside from that like i think the story was good right like i would put the story out personally i like this story better than like a lot of the resident evils and a lot of the um survival horror games that i i play right when we're thinking about this tier of survival horror and i guess back to, to tim's question of 
you know, how does this game work as a modern game? How does this game work as a successor? I think it's successful um, as, as as both those things. I think both because it finds ways to separate itself from Dead Space. Uh, as somebody who didn't play through the the first Dead Space, right? Dead Space took place in like a space station setting. Yeah, right? the USG Correct. Ishimura. Yeah, I like well, I like what they did with Callisto. I like the fact Ooh. that it takes place in the prison, going what? outside and stuff. It's oh yeah, awesome. What's yeah. the what's the name of the prison? Blackgate. Blackgate. Black yeah, I like Blackgate Black a lot. As oh, yeah, Blackgate. Blackgate. They got the fucking Joker there. <laughs> <laughs> I like the the that as a setting, right? Like I love what I I love what they do with it, and I think it just gives a very different vibe from uh, from something like a, a space station. Um, again, the combat's different. The, I think this brings a lot of fresh stuff to the table, and I think that's what you want to do is something that is. A spiritual successor, but really is its own thing, and hopefully the start of its own franchise. I think it does all that stuff well. Playing this game, I don't feel at all like I'm playing a game from 2010, right? I don't feel like I'm playing a PS3 game. This feels like a 2022 game. See, now here's my thing about that is that for me, that's where in terms of is it modern? It's a modern game, yes. It's gorgeous. It's great. It's it, it, I think it's fun to play, yada, yada, yada. But my is this a high three or is this a low four debate? came down to me of things in there. I'm like, this doesn't feel modern, right? We've already talked about the checkpoints. We already know that, right? This is a nerdy Greg thing, but I think it's, again, we're talking about a 2022 game, right? You beat the game and there is no cha- chapter select to go back and get collectibles you've missed before. And like, you know, like how, like life is strange or anything else really where I feel like it goes and you're like, you only have four or five, so you can go get it. You got to replay the entire thing again. On top of that, right now, and I, you know, Glenn told us that it is coming eventually. There is no new game plus. So when you finish the game, if you didn't get all the collectibles there, tough shit. You got to go back and either start from the sa- any of the saves you might have that would put you there, or you got to just go back and do a whole game, which I dislike because again, this is a game, and I think this is always so weird because I am not the replay of the game guy. You know that I love I love my games. I love beating them. I love putting them down, but. Dead Space, Dead Space 2. These are games that I immediately replayed again and was all about. I want to go replay this one. What am I yeah. looking at here? Mm-hmm. What am I looking sure at? Season uh, pass details. Uh, posted uh, just a little bit ago, like an hour ago. February 7th is when you're going to get New Game Plus, Greg. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you. I'm, uh, yeah. uh, but it's that thing of like, that's uh, one of those things that's not modern for me. Uh, I talk, we talk about it in the spoiler cast and get, again, decisions on why they didn't. For this game and... You again, we're talking about it being a survival mm-hmm. horror game. You know how heavy survival horror games usually feel your Resident Evils, your Dead Spaces. There's not a 180 turn, so it's that idea of like I had a checkpoint that started me against a gigantic enemy boss that's charging at me, and I could do the dodge to get out of his way, but every so often he would be able to grab me and kill me. And it's like, God, I wish I could just. 180 around and run and sprint yeah. the other direction. And they, they have a decision for why they didn't, but I didn't feel like it. That's still not modern, right? One of the other things I don't like that isn't modern, they, again, I like the story. I like the world. I like where we're at. They have all these audio logs in there that are really, really well done. It's the cardinal sin of you can't move and listen to this. You have to sit on the menu and do it. They talked about it. They want you to have a breather. There's some technical stuff, too, on why they didn't. This is their decision to make it. And I get that, but I also have been attacked standing there listening. So it's like, yeah. why not let me just go that way? With yeah, it's funny One because oh. that stuff I, I didn't look at, uh, look through the lens of, like, it feeling modern or not. For, for me, I think I looked, I looked at that stuff through the lens of uh, this being, a, going back to Tim's question, right? It being a, uh, a team that is made up of people that were working at a different studio, starting their own studio, and making their first game at it, right? Like, I think I looked at it as wow, this game is really contained in terms of what it's trying to do. Right? It's not doing New Game Plus. It's like not like there's a lot of a lot of stuff there, especially content wise that I'm like, 
yeah, this could have done more. Like this game could have it could have been longer. It could have. I was surprised to not see that many puzzles in this game. Um, yeah. It is like all combat and like you know going forward. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. this is in the, something we haven't talked about. If you haven't played it, it is a linear game. This yeah. is a you start and you go and no, there's no fast travel. You're not backtracking. You leave environments and unless the story dictates you come back to them, you don't go back. Yeah, it's very linear. Um, and which I didn't hate. Like I don't mind. I didn't, a linear I didn't, game. I didn't, I didn't mind yeah. that either. But yeah. I think it kind of it does come back to my score a little bit of like when I compare it to its siblings of you know when I think of the best survival horror games, I am thinking of like Resident Evil Two Remake. I'm thinking of uh, Last of Us. I'm thinking of games that do do what this game does and more in terms of hey here's really cool puzzles or here's like really interesting puzzles here is like exp explorative environments here's a really good story right talking about the last of us um i think this game no this game like calls its shot right and it's like cool let's do the things we want to do like let's do let's make a very specific game and polish it and like Make this make this game that is filled with hey these are our decisions to do, to do this is this going to hit for everybody probably not but this is why you can't you don't get audio logs or uh, walkable audio logs this is why we don't, you don't get X Y Z thing like um, uh, weapon switching is another one of my things where that was I think that was a question I did ask Glenn did, as well cash, yeah. and like he had a reason for it and I'm like cool like I, it was a thing that annoyed me when I was playing the game right of like why is weapon switching so slow right why isn't there a weapon wheel like why like why why are we doing it this way and you know, it's a decision, uh, but at the same time, I think there are places that, that they can go in the future, uh, of, of, like in whatever the Callisto Protocol 2 or whatever other game comes out in the franchise that is like, all right, cool, we identified this, this, and this thing. Now we have the chance, now that we have more bandwidth and time to actually address these issues. I have one question for you on Modern. You looked at me when we did the Dead Space preview, yeah. and you said, Mike, it doesn't feel modern. It feels old because there's Isaac reacting to all these people but not reacting. Yeah. Now, what did you think of this? Because... I had moments where I spun the camera around while he was talking or possibly reacting to things, and I didn't see many facial animations of movement or voice cues where it was, oh, he's feeling this right now. Did you feel like it was modern to you in that sense? I felt it was modern, yeah, where I'm watching the character model. And that's what I talked about. I, I, you know, I, I appreciate in this one that there are the Josh Dumel rubbing his head and looking around and being a thing. And like for the most part, right, the big scares or things he should be reacting to, where I would say outside of you know the fights you're in as a, the character are cutscenes really related right so it wasn't that one very specific one from the remake of them watching that happen yeah. that i was like oh this doesn't feel right mm -hmm. yeah I, I felt like it was 50 50 i felt like they almost made it there. i'll say they took a good step in the right direction yeah. but when you asked me that question in dead space i was mindful of that throughout the playthrough yeah. and i didn't feel like they made the full hey this is what greg wanted in the modern sense in my mind right sure. like, it felt like a half step like it was close but not there uh, one thing I'll throw out is I wish there was a little bit more variety in the enemy design. Like, there's some variety, of course. Oh. You, you have the like, you have like what well, we call them like the long necks that'll like get you out of nowhere when you're walking. They'll try pull pull you in, and like if you get in, they'll fucking kill you. You have like little head crab creatures. You have like the regular runner kind of enemies. You have other enemies. Um, but for me, once I made it enough of the way through the game, and I started really identifying each of these enemies, the ways to approach fighting them became a bit samey in terms of. Mm -hmm. All right, like I know the fighting structure. I know the right, left, right. I know if the tentacles pop, I need to shoot the tentacles. Um, I think my thing is, what the tentacles became very predictable at a certain point, where it's like, all right, I know any enemy is probably gonna bust out tentacles after five hits. There was a, there was a shot. point where it was like every enemy was yeah, doing. Yeah. It. I was like, all right, it's like you know I know I, mean? I know what this is, yeah. right? And I, it felt it didn't feel as emergent as I thought it was going to in terms of 
the enemies or the tentacles pretty much come out like the same way, right? It always, yeah. comes, it always comes out the chest. You always do like one or two shots to take those things down. And when the enemies do transform, they always transform into the same exact creature. Yeah. Um, and that looked the same. And I wish they, I wish there. That's interesting. I think there's yeah. so many. There's there's so much opportunity to do really cool stuff with that because even if it was, hey, there's three different varieties of things that these can transform into i think that opens up combat way more in terms of where things can go because it is the and the one creature they do transform into is very much like two hits and you're fucking done from that guy oh. and that was my thing of the guy he transforms into right it, he actually becomes i think easier than lots of the guys you were already facing right because he is just the same guy every time just dodge dodge yes. dodge kill and it's like it gets annoying when there's multiple of them or you have somebody else crawling at you and yada 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 like yeah when one enemy transforms i'm like oh no problem yeah. it's like when two or three transform around like yeah. All right, put down the controller. I'm just going to restart oh, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a couple of weird moments with the enemy variety, which I actually like. I think there was some really cool choices on some of the cooler enemy varieties. You're so right with the tentacles, what happens afterwards. But there's some moments where this is a very heavy melee-based game, right? I know I brought up 50-50, but most players are probably going to play it like you, Greg, where it's, I'm really sticking with this stun baton. Towards the end there, there's some enemies there where it's like, Melee is not an option. I can't even use this. Which right. is very mm -hmm. odd because the what? whole game we've led up to this, yeah. and now you're telling me don't do that, right? And I'm mm. alluding towards the final boss. I'm not going to spoil anything, but, like, that whole boss fight, I just ran in a circle yeah. and shot at him. And I was like, yeah. we just completely deviated from the beginning where it was like, hey, this camera shoved up Josh Demel's ass crack at 40 degrees because we want you to feel it, right? And then the final boss is like, no, no you run. cannot hit this guy at all or you're going to die. So run for your life in circles. I hated yeah. that. I Fair thought enough. that was such a big letdown at the end. And that was like where I could be a three is some of these frustrations and especially the ending of that final boss fight where I put the controller down. I was like, man, that was a big letdown for something that was so great story-wise. We talk about the graphics, the audio, everything that they've done. And then to have that where it's like, oh, we've preached you're going to do a lot of melee and we got this cool fighting combat and you're not going to do that for this final fight. You're just going to run for your life. I hate it. Yeah, I'm right, I'm right there with you. I think it's kind of the push and pull of this game being survival, survival horror, but then also having this like action thing to it where there are element, there are parts of the game where they're like, yeah, run around, shoot, change guns because you're running out of ammo, do all this stuff. But like the options they give you to do, to do that don't keep up with what they're throwing at you and so it does end up feeling clunky and you do end up like dying or getting frustrated because it's like oh man i really wanted to turn 180 or i really wanted to do like x y and z thing and the game either isn't giving me the options to do it or yeah like to or, change my weapon it has to be like a few button presses to get there and to go back to it too of like not feeling like an old game but like it, it feels like a survival horror game and to me that has always meant whether it's resident evil 2 whether it's dead space right it's being in these fights with bosses or creatures and using the environment against them. Yeah. And that can be cool, of course, but it can also be what my experience was with the last boss, where Blessing had kind of put the fear of God in me, where he's like, dude, that final boss, I had to drop the difficulty, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, oh, shit. And I got there, and I just ring around the rosy to him on the mm. one thing, and it'd be like, he's going to spit, so I'd go behind the pillar, and then I'd come out and shoot him, and then the ads would come out, and I'd run, and I'd TK them into yep. each other, and then do it all over again. If you don't want ads, you can go to Patreon. Hey. And so it was that thing of just like, all right, and the, the, there's a big monster that we saw there, but we don't have to talk about it. You fight multiple times. Not yeah. the same one. You know, you kill the one, and then another one comes at you. And it was the same thing of, like, I'm going to run from this creature, and I'm going to zig and zag between some stuff so that it takes a little bit longer, and I'm just shooting, shooting, shooting. Then run and zig and zag, you know what I mean? And, again, the combat got crazier when it's the other things that are coming at you, yeah. but eventually I would clear all the ads, and it is me versus one thing. And for a long time, I was fighting them the wrong way, so I was just... 
in long encounters of shooting this thing over and over and over again. But like, I feel like we're talking about all this and this is like, I want to make sure we don't fall into a trap we often do where it's like, this is us debating why this sounds more like a three, but in the end it's a four because these are specific instances. I think where it was like, not even that I hate this or anything like that. It was just like, oh, this could have been better. I, you, you're, it's less like seeing the vision for a five out of five game. Exactly. And like, this is what it can and do. And you're to get so there. close on so many of these things. The overall, you know, overall product, as we've already talked about, sure, is great. I think the moment to moment gameplay for the most part is great. Like, right? Like, we have any, like, there was, again, that first night where I was like, all right, this is, blah, blah. When I got the grip, the glove, right? And I walked into a room after having it, and I, I was like, all right, I got to go over there. And I looked over there, and I'm like, oh, there's a box on a shelf over there. And I went, oh, wait. And you know, brought it over and smashed on, shot it at the ground, and smashed. It. I'm like, oh, it's I mean, space. I think that. That's actually really yeah, cool. it's really cool. <laughs> dead space uh -huh. and like, you know, that was like, I love this game because I love the moment to moment stuff. I love walking into a room and seeing the monsters and being like, let's fucking go. And yeah, looking for the explosive thing to shoot and shoot at them and blow them up, use them against each other. Like, I'm excited for another playthrough. I will wait till February probably for a new game plus, right? To have what I already have because I fell in love with the TK glove so much and I didn't invest in that till way later. Yeah. And I was like, great. oh shit, I should have done that earlier. So you said love. You used the word love here. Do you see this ending up in your top 10 at the end of the year? Yeah, 100%. Good. All three Very of you? Good. Yeah, I don't know actually. I don't know if it's gonna end up in my top ten, but I don't think it's like far off from my top ten, right? It's just I think this year has just a lot of games that do fit in the four category for me, right? Where it's like, what what is what is the game that's more special, right? And what is like the thing that what are the things that are competing with it? But it's not like a it's not one that I would write off of my top ten. It's one that maybe if so I the maybe it, it still might make it at the end of the day. Yeah, but I think I think it's more likely not to make it than make it. Got but it could it could be in there. Mike, really quick before we start ramping down here because I know it's getting late. The death animations we haven't. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a must talk about because that team clearly put a lot of love and care into the idea of Josh Demel getting fucked up, and it <laughs> is awesome, gang. Everybody listening and Tim, it is well worth the time. It almost harkens back to Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Sure. Was he was getting punished all but the like, time. It's almost as violent as Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Uh -huh. Well, I'm, keep in mind, <laughs> they're the ones, again, who made this. Like, I remember wow. when Dead Space did this. Dead Space did this. You know, the tear apart Isaac in all these horrible wow. ways. And okay. I remember I, IGN at the time doing the, like, the Grindhouse trailer. That was all the deaths. And it's one of those that I totally had forgotten about this, yeah. that playing, that aspect of playing it. And then you do get you're like, oh, right. Like, they're tearing jaws off, they're oh. gouging eyes out, they're ripping limbs off. There's one where it's like, clearly they're going to rip your head off. No, they're going to stomp your arm. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> there is, like we, on the stream, we did it both on purpose and uh, not on purpose. I would say anytime you face an enemy for the first time, you should probably let it kill you yeah. just because it's worth seeing. But I've kind of forgotten that aspect of it. They are gorgeous and gruesome and horrible. Yeah, they encourage death, and you should take that advantage and see all of them, right? Like, there's cool moments where you don't want to die, but you probably should to see this different death animation because they're really, really well thought out and very, very cool. So I wanted to make sure we gave a shout-out to that because when we talk about this game, gore, blood, it's violence so is all going to be up on the high list of this, and you're going to be impressed by it. You're going to like that. You're going to want to see that. And so, yeah, I want to make sure we gave a shout-out to something that was really well done. So any uh, closing thoughts on this as we wrap up this episode of the review? Remember, we have the spoiler cast coming out on Monday. We also have the uh, developer commentary going out uh, as when, whenever this is out, pretty much within 12 hours. Friday morning. You'll be able to, <laughs> Friday morning. Time gets hard. But, hey, a lot of very, very, very cool Callista Protocol content coming out. But closing thoughts, Bless. Uh, I think for me, right, like it's a game that I, I really enjoyed. I 
like many games nowadays for some reason i binged through it right like i played the hell out of this game and that wasn't like a review uh, like me trying to hit embargo or anything like that that was just me having a weekend and going all right let's play some callisto and then just fucking just eating this game up uh and so yeah like really enjoyed it um i i think this is gonna be a fan favorite like that's my yeah. prediction right yeah, now yeah. i think people are people out there are going to really enjoy this i think they'll maybe have the same nitpicks or whatever but i think yeah. at the end of the day there are gonna be so many people that are like oh yeah this callisto protocol game fucks i think a lot of people are gonna have that reaction and that's where i'm at you know what i mean like i am a dead space fanboy, right and that you know for dead space one and two don't talk to me about three uh but like i was so excited for them to do this i'm as a fan incredibly happy with where this one landed Yes, there's room for improvement, but again, for a the first game from this studio for the you know a game uh, what in uh, f- three uh, four years yeah no nineteen twenty nineteen three, three years right like three years on this yeah. and I think that speaks to it and we talk about it in the both the stream and the spoiler cast like I feel that wa- that's one of the reasons it's more intimate it is very small like there are the big action moments and the crazy things but like those are few and far between those are tentpole moments the rest is very grounded very in the corridors and stuff. I'm extremely happy with it. I'm extremely excited for what has to be the start of a franchise here. And I'm excited for New Game Plus. And what will be honestly interesting is, like, I keep saying on this stream, now that it's happened, like, oh, I'll come back for New Game Plus. February is a long time away. Mm -hmm. Like, tonight I do want to go home and I do want to play Callisto, but I need to wait for a guide because I'm not going to find all these collectibles. I was thorough, Tim, and I didn't get all the collectibles. Dead Island 2 got delayed. You got time in February. Oh, thank goodness. That was it. That was the only thing I was worried about. (laughs) This game is really, really great. I had a ton of fun with it. There's some frustrations that I encourage all of you out there to make sure you reload all of your guns before the interactions. Make sure you check out the difficulty settings. Don't be afraid to adjust them. Check out the accessibility settings to help fix that and help you play the way you want to play. And don't get discouraged by death, right? It's really encouraged. They want you to do that. But at the same time, like, this is a really awesome story. And I loved the story from the start to finish. And that's what I was chasing was the story beats beat to beat i was having a ton of fun with it play the puzzle play the chess game like blessing brought up of use the environment use all the tools to your advantage to make the best experience you can and most importantly explore we didn't talk about it but there are some really cool moments that you can just go find right and it is that hallway that looks really scary and horrifying and you know you shouldn't go down it but you got to you got to go explore because it's well worth your time uh this is a fun game it's a great game it's a four out of five We'll leave it at that. Let us know in the comments below how excited you are to play this and if they've changed your mind any which way or if you are too scared. Uh, but like they were saying, not, not that scary. Tim, are right? you going to play Callisto like, Protocol? Like, yeah, yeah, somebody I, who I, likes Resident Evil seems yes, like you'd I, really enjoy it. I gave it a shot. I was waiting. I, I played the first hour or so, and then I got stuck in this one room that I've been dying at over and over, and I was just like, I'm going back to playing some other things right now. Yeah, I got to catch them all, guys. You know what I'm oh talking about? Oh, my God. No, but during, like, got after, this, here. after this, I'm like, all right, cool. During the break, I'm, I'm playing through Callisto for sure. So uh, excited for that. But until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.